Welcome to the SMC 2021 podcast. What if God wanted to do something new in your life? This is your fresh start. What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in to the SMC podcast. We are so excited to dive into this topic of becoming a living legend. I'm Austin Leonard. And I'm Corey McKeever, and we both work on staff with Stumo at the University of Central Oklahoma. And you know, Austin, I want to be a legend. There's this strong pull in me to do something legendary with my life. I grew up playing a lot of basketball, so I had dreams of being in the NBA. I was decent at baseball, so I thought about pitching in the majors. But what I really wanted deep down was to be a world-famous rapper. (laughs) I constantly listened to Lil Wayne, 50 Cent, Eminem, and Kanye. I would sneak CDs into my mom's shopping cart at Walmart. There's still probably music videos out there on the interwebs of me showcasing my skills. In fact, the other day I was reminiscing on Facebook the other day, you know, just decided to waste a few minutes of my life and saw this gem that encapsulates some of my lyrical genius from back in the day. The post said, you want a little air? I'll give you the sky. (laughs) You want a little slice? I'll give you the pie. You want a mountain moved? I'll give it a try. Copyright C-Mac Inc. <laughs> I mean, to be honest though, there's still days when I daydream about rapping for Jesus and giving all the proceeds to world missions. You know, I want to be a living legend. Legendary. Love it. Yeah, growing up, uh, I wanted to be a legend by becoming the first person in my family to play professional baseball. I'm dead serious. Like I practiced so much growing up that I legit thought I had a chance. I don't know if it was like nice of my parents to let me live in this fantasy land or if I would have just rather them have crushed my dreams. Uh, But I can remember realizing that the MLB probably wasn't in my future in my freshman year of high school when I was 5'2", weighing 100 pounds. I was walking through some of my old Instagram posts uh, and, you know, cringing severely like anyone would. But as I uh, was going through, I saw a post that solidified the fantasy land that I was living in. The post was a a picture of me in my junior year standing on the scale. The scale read 129 pounds. My junior year, 129 pounds. You know what my caption was? Ah, yeah. Hashtag stepping up. (laughs) I was legit pumped up enough about weighing 129 pounds that I thought the world of Instagram needed to know. Bro, that's legendary. Congrats. You did it. 129 (laughs) pounds. Uh, But we all want to be living legends, right? We want our lives to count. We put in countless hours training to be successful in sports. We do outrageous things to get initiated into Greek houses to achieve some type of status. We overload our schedules to be known as a leader on campus and build our resume. We stay up all night perfecting TikTok dances, you know, doing the the juju or something. People, you know, we do all these radical things to make a name for ourselves, to be a living legend. And as we've been thinking about this topic, we believe that the reason we all feel this pool that how we, why we gravitate to wanting to be living legends is because God put that desire in us. The desire for more. The drive to make our lives count. To make an impact. To not waste our lives on trivial little self-serving pursuits. Now, I love this quote. It says, 
Some men die by shrapnel, and some go down in flames. But most men perish inch by inch playing silly little games. Sheesh, we don't want to waste our life. Well, the good news is, is that when we open up the Bible and ask the question, what is God's purpose for my life? We find that the greatest adventure, the most satisfying end goal, the best way to make an impact that echoes throughout eternity is to glorify God through making disciples. Yeah, y'all have probably heard this verse before, but check out some of Jesus's last words to his disciples in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus is saying, Fellas, you all have to carry on what I've been doing for the last three years. You know how to do this because I've been showing you since day one. You are going to reach the ends of the earth with this message of the gospel, and you're going to do it by the method of making disciples. Go and make disciples. These were his last words. This passage is referred to as the Great Commission or the Great Co-Mission because we are joining Jesus in his plan to reach the world. Jesus is saying that we should give our lives to this mission. So that's what we're going to spend the rest of our time discussing today. How can we leave a legacy? How can we be a living legend? So we're going to walk through something called the four E's. And each E is just a different step in the disciple-making process that helps us continue moving forward in discipleship so that we can help others become fully mature in Christ. So before we jump into those four E's, uh, we want you all to think through a couple questions. So number one. When you get to the end of your life, what do you want to be known for? The second one is, who are people with a legacy that you want to emulate? So let's go ahead and jump into the first E. The first E that we're going to look at is evangelize. So leaving a legacy starts with taking people who don't know the good news and introducing them to Jesus. Evangelism is us joining God in his mission to rescue people from death to life in him. So to put it more simply, evangelism is just sharing the gospel. So over uh, the quarantine this last year, I was looking for different things to do outside that seemed like the safest way to hang out with people. So one of the activities that I got into was fishing. So here's what I learned about fishing. It is hard. Sometimes it felt like I was killing it and I'd yank in like five fish And then I'd get a big head and I'd be like, I am the fish master. And then it was like the next time I went out there and I did the exact same thing and it just wasn't working. So sometimes I'd have to use, you know, different lures or try a different method and then just see what worked. But here's the reality of fishing. If you want to catch fish, you have to get out there and try. You have to get out there and actually fish. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 4, 19. He said, come, follow me. Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. So the goal of evangelism is for you to clearly explain the gospel to the person that you're sharing with and to give them an opportunity to place their trust in Jesus for salvation. If we want to be the type who fish for people, we have to actually fish. And it will probably take multiple times of hearing the gospel for the person that you're sharing with to legitimately trust 
in Jesus. And because of this, it's important for us to use the prayer, care, share strategy in evangelism. So we're going to unpack this a little bit. So first is prayer. Make a list of five to 10 people you want to impact and pray for them every day. Ask God that he would start drawing them to himself. The reality is that God is the one who ultimately opens their eyes, not us. And if we want to see people really come to know the Lord, we have to pray to the one who can actually make it happen. We need to be desperate for God to move in their lives. Next up is care. The next thing you need to do is actually care for people. Take an interest in their lives and look for opportunities to serve and love them. I've heard it said that people don't care what you know until they know that you care. Paul said in Romans 9.3, For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my people, those of my own race. Paul is saying that he'd be cut off from Christ if that meant that his Jewish brothers and sisters could know Jesus. He genuinely cared about the people that he was sharing the gospel with. The last thing is share. You've prayed for God to open their hearts. You've genuinely cared for them. Now it's time to share the gospel with them. I love what Steve Shadrach says in Fuel in the Flame. While inviting them to church, starting a spiritual conversation, and sharing your testimony are all helpful, your goal is to individually present the gospel to each of the people on your impact list this semester and to give them an opportunity to respond. Tessa is a student at the University of Tulsa who has modeled this principle really well. Tessa went to Kaleo, Stumo's nine-week discipleship program in the summer, and really grew a heart for evangelism. She did the majority of her evangelism in her sorority because there was only one other girl in her sorority that was following Christ. And Tessa really just desired to see her sorority sisters start following Jesus and was modeling this method of prayer, care, share. She said this, I tried as hard as I could to ground myself in prayer and the word so that I could establish myself to the whole house as a reflection of who Christ is. The more I pursued him, the more I loved like him, and the more girls saw that my love came from him. And by Tessa's senior year, there was now five girls that had become firmly established in the Lord and were ready to take on the ministry in her sorority. So now Tessa began praying for a new place to do ministry. Since there were so many people in in her sorority, she was praying and felt like God put Trido on her heart. So she began cultivating relationships with girls in the Trido house and met a girl named Macy. She was about to meet with Macy, but it just kept getting rescheduled because of COVID. But Tessa just kept pleading with the Lord to work in her life. And then when they finally got to meet together, Tessa shared the gospel and Macy decided to put her trust in Jesus. Tessa said, God answered my prayers for faithful women to come to know the Lord. I wouldn't rather use this time in any other way because there is nothing more incredible than seeing someone's life completely changed by the gospel and knowing that God used you in some part of that. It brings a joy that is unexplainable. If you want to dive deeper uh, into this topic of evangelism and learn more practical skills of how to do it, I would highly recommend listening to the breakout One Thing You Can't Do in Heaven on the SMC 2021 podcast. So the, the first E is evangelize. The second E is establish. When you have the amazing privilege to lead someone to Christ, some people see that as the finish line. You know, they're going to heaven. They're good, right? But to truly leave a legacy, that's just the beginning. 
Establishing is teaching someone the basics of following Christ to help them become mature in the faith. Said another way, we can look at the second E of establishing as spiritual parenting. 1 Thessalonians 2 says it like this, Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. Leading someone to Christ is like giving birth. You now have the amazing responsibility of a good parent to make sure this young child in the faith has the protection, care, and nourishment they need. Now, one thing that many of you may not know about me is that over the last few years, I've fathered some kids. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a dad. I'm happily married to my wife, Brooke, and we have three beautiful girls, Adley, Avery, and Andy. Being a dad is amazing, but also awful. <laughs> I mean, I love playing with my girls, watching them grow up, laughing at the hilarious things they say. But on the other hand, changing diapers, disciplining them, sleepless nights, not so much, right? Parenting is amazing, but awful. In parenting, you experience some of the greatest joys, but also face some of the greatest challenges in life. The same is true with spiritual parenting. Look at what John said in 3 John 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Amazing. But Paul also described it like this. My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Childbirth? Awful. (laughs) Joy and pain? Amazing and awful? Triumph and trials? Welcome to making disciples. I mean, we can't overstate the importance of this step in the process, though. If a young believer is not established well in the basics of the faith, it completely stunts the entire process. Because you can't pass on what you don't have. It won't multiply. So what's the goal of this stage? The goal of this stage is for every person you are establishing to be competent in the basics of what it means to follow Christ. Uh, and one of the ways to, to line that out is the wheel. It has these four essential spokes that, that make up a person who is well-established, and those are the word, prayer, fellowship, and evangelism. And it's all centered around uh, having Christ at the center of everything. So a person who has been established has surrendered their life to Christ and intakes the Bible consistently and deeply, has a growing prayer life, understands the importance of biblical fellowship, and frequently shares their faith with others. That's the end goal. So how do we do it? One way is to connect with staff on your campus uh, to get a plan for establishing uh, new believers. Uh, There's likely kind of like a track that you can run on and and different resources uh, to do that on your campus. So look look to that or ask uh, us um, how to do that. Uh, Number two, 
listen to to Blake's audio uh, from the from the breakout that is I just trusted Christ now what uh, that could be really helpful not only if you're someone who uh, needs to be further established but also you can listen to his principles of, of establishing someone and then just apply those to your personal ministry and then number three uh, I like the verse second Timothy 2 2 where Paul talks about take what you've learned and pass it on you know it doesn't take some fancy plan it doesn't take some uh, big, you know, a lot of knowledge. You just literally pass on what you're learning. So spend consistent time in the Word, connect with God, and then pass on what you're learning. You know, you you hear an amazing sermon, uh, pass that on to someone. You you read something in the Scriptures, pass that on to a friend or family, um, and you'll be establishing people. Establishing is so crucial. Adrian Juarez came to college on a baseball scholarship to Colorado State, and God radically transformed his life his freshman year, and then he ended up getting the opportunity to attend Kaleo that summer uh, to get further established and equipped. Adrian came back with this burden for reaching his lost friends with the gospel, and he began sharing Jesus with his high school friends and, and teammates, really anyone who would listen. It was really cool because one of his teammates, Andrew, got involved in a Bible study that Adrian was leading for the baseball team. And then Andrew stuck around and he was uh, you know, coming to the Bible study, ended up at SMC last year, so in, in 20, SMC 2020, and it was there that he put his trust in Christ. And now since then, Adrian has helped Andrew grow in the basics of the faith he's been establishing him, and now they lead the baseball Bible study together. It was amazing and a perfect example of, uh, of a student who, could, who was establishing another student in the faith. Guys, the second E is crucial. Someone coming to Christ is something to be celebrated, but it's only the beginning. In order to truly be a living legend, we must establish young believers in the basics of the faith and help them grow to maturity. Yeah, so that third E after establish is equip. So in order to leave a legacy, multiplication must take place. You must pass on the skills and knowledge necessary for them to evangelize, establish, and equip others. Yeah, Corey just referenced 2 Timothy 2.2, but it says, And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. I love that verse. And it's in this stage that you're continuing to spend considerable time teaching and demonstrating how to make disciples, but you're also spending time partnering with them. So you're teaching them and showing them how to teach others. So to really help them learn how to pass on the skills they've been learning, you have to teach them how, then show them how, observe them do it, give them feedback, and then encourage them to continue doing it. So you're going to continue associating with them and demonstrating to them, but you're also, you want to give clear direction and really encourage them to take ownership of the mission of making disciples. So if I'm helping to equip someone, here's kind of what that process looks like. So I'm I'm helping to establish this person for the last six months to a year. And as I'm establishing them, I'm regularly reminding them that the purpose of us doing life together is not just for them to deepen their own walk with God and that be it. It's also so that they can learn what it looks like to do this with another person for the purpose of making disciples. 
Diana Reyes was a student at the University of Texas, and she's someone who's done an amazing job at equipping the people that she's led. So Diana led Kaylee Miller, Marissa Green, and MK Yeager. Diana spent tons of time with each of these girls. She led a disciple-making group with them, brought each of them along when she was sharing the gospel, showed them how to lead Bible studies, and then empowered them to do it, and hosted tons of events with these girls. She also had them think strategically of where they were going to meet girls, what steps they were going to take, and how they could serve and pray for them. And what's amazing is that each of these three girls that Diana equipped have now led another girl to Christ and are now establishing and equipping them. God is using Diana to multiply her life through Kaylee, Marissa, and MK. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's insane. So you may be hearing these descriptions and stories and realize, I haven't been established or equipped well. And that's okay. Like This is a lifetime process, and we're going to continue growing in these areas. But something that you can do is just attach yourself to a proven disciple maker and continue to learn from them. Don't be bitter about the person leading you and then look at all the holes in their leadership. Be the leader that you wish you had. So if you, if you legitimately want to get established and equipped and learn how to equip others, one of the best things that you could do is go to Kaleo. Spend your summer investing in your relationship with the Lord, learning how to do these things. I promise, ask someone who's been to Kaleo before. It is, it's an unbeatable way to spend your summer and to learn how to multiply your life. Evangelize, establish, equip. And then the fourth E is export. Exporting is the launching of people who have been evangelized, established, and equipped in order to continue to see multiplication happen. Living legends, we finish strong and adequately, adequately prepare our disciple to walk with God and make disciples in whatever context they'll be transitioning into. I love Colossians 128. It says, He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that, this is the reason, we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. So what's the goal of this stage? It's exporting and mobilizing people that you have equipped to make disciples wherever they are sent. A person who has properly exported someone, that, that person will continue in these different areas for a lifetime, regardless of location or vocation. They're going to walk with God and make disciples. The exporting stage, I like to think of it, is basically like you're Elon Musk, right? And you've put in all this time, energy, thought, resources, all these sacrifices into something. And now it's time for the unveiling. Now it's time to send this Tesla of a disciple out to transform the world. And it's really fun. So how do we do it? Uh, one, one way is uh, listen to the CEO of Stumo, Dave Reiner's breakout. It's called Faith in the Real World. And that will be super helpful, not only to help you transition into the real world, but also to help the person you're leading as well. It'd be awesome to listen to that together and talk about it. Uh, the second one would be make sure that you and your disciple are plugged into a church, a local church, and, and seek to initiate with godly business people so that as you're transitioning into the real world, you'll have all these connections with people following Jesus post-college to learn from, that you can ask questions and see their life 
and follow them. Nick, uh, as when he was a senior at Texas A&M, really just had a heart uh, for people in the core. Um, he was he was trying to influence these guys with the gospel, and he met Kyle Clark. They lived on the same hall. They were both involved in 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 core, and they just did a lot of things together. They they ate meals together. They went to the rec center together. Uh, they both loved swimming, and so uh, they found themselves one day uh, swimming some laps together, and then they hit up the classic Smoothie King afterwards. Mm-hmm. And this was the opportunity. They, they'd had some conversations about their faith and things like that, but this is the first time that Nick really got to, to line out uh, the good news of Jesus with, uh, with Kyle. And so after, you know, it really um, impacted Kyle that day. He, he, he even teared up and really opened up to Nick, um, like he'd never had before. And, but he still wasn't ready to give his life to Christ. So there was a, uh, there's a process and, but eventually, uh, he came to Christ. Uh, Kyle ended up then going to Kaleo. Uh, he grew as a leader and, uh, it was cool that even though, um, Nick graduated and moved on, he continued to disciple Kyle from a distance. And it, it was cool, like even though there were some some rocky times, like uh, I mean, Kyle really matured his junior year. He really blossomed in his faith, and and as he continued to grow, uh, Nick helped him to transition into the real world. And now uh, Kyle graduated, and and he's excited and prepared to be a light uh, for Jesus in the Air Force. And so I'm really pumped uh, to see what God does. Through Kyle and, and much of it, uh, and Nick wouldn't tell you this, is, is due to Nick and his faithfulness to, even amongst challenges, to invest in Kyle and pr- export him well. Man, that's amazing. Yeah, so we just want to look back and summarize the four E's evangelize, share the gospel, establish, teach them the basic foundations of following Christ, equip. Show them how to lead others and export, launching your new disciple to continue multiplying their life wherever they're sent. So we wanted to leave you all with just a couple questions to think through as you all are evaluating this topic. Number one, who is someone that you are currently investing in and what stage are you at with them? The second one is, what step can you take this week or this month or this year to make disciples. We want to wrap things up by just sharing a little bit about our story. Mm. So personally, I came into college looking to be a legend in all the wrong ways. Girls, parties, sports. Even though I achieved a lot of my goals, it still left me feeling empty. Luckily, my sophomore year, I met a living legend, Jason Kuhlman, who, who loved me enough to share not only the gospel, but his life as well. God used Jason to help me find Christ, and he and then Jason was faithful to establish me, to equip me, uh, and export me. And even though I was broken and very imperfect, Jason inspired me to be a living legend and, and to and you know be someone who is committed, no matter where I live or what my job is, that my life mission would be to make disciples. And by God's grace, for the past 12 years of doing this, it really has been amazing and awful at the same time, mostly amazing. 
But as I look back, I keep coming back to the same truth, that there is no greater privilege than to pour my life out for the sake of others. Yeah, so Corey and I kind of have a cool story. Corey and I met whenever I was a freshman in college, and I can relate with a lot of what he was saying. I was trying to be a living legend again in all the same uh, similar wrong ways. Uh, But when I first met Corey, I honestly just thought he was an older member in my fraternity based on how much he was around. Uh, But uh, Corey invited me out to lunch and share the gospel with me. I didn't come to Christ immediately. And so Corey just continued to meet with me and answer my questions. And we honestly just spent a lot of time together. I remember he'd have me over for dinner pretty often and I would just get to see his life. Corey showed me how to read the Bible and how to pray and why it was important to have others around me following Christ and taught me how to share my faith. I went to Kaleo because Corey invited me and then it was there that I grew a passion to pass on the things that Corey had done with me. And then Corey empowered me to share the gospel and disciple guys in my fraternity and has continued to help me do this until this day. Corey really did prepare me well to walk with God and to make disciples after I graduated. And now by God's grace, for the last six years, I've been following Christ and trying to do the same things that Corey passed on with me. You really are my Tesla. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, all this kind of reminds me of this scene when we talk about, you know, being a living legend that kind of seems self-centered or self-serving in a way. So I just wanted to clear it up, you know, Revelation 4, 10 and 11, it says the 24 elders fall down before him. This is the the scene in heaven um, at the end of the race who they fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. See, the truth is, we're not special. We can't take any credit. The crowns we'll receive for faithfulness uh, in this life will be thrown back at Jesus' feet in honor of the one who gave his life for ours. So Austin and I, we're not living legends. But we live for Jesus Christ, the true living legend. And our our mission is to pass on his legacy to others and others and others. So I challenge you as we close to, to join us and the many others who have committed their lives to this. Don't waste your life. Make disciples of all nations and give God all the glory. Hey, thanks for tuning in. If you want to find more content like this, You can find all the other breakout sessions from SMC on Apple and Spotify at SMC 2021. Thanks again for listening.